in a row? Hasta la vista, baby. Go. Hey everyone, you're listening to Geek Positive, the podcast that knows that if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. I am Ryan Maxwell. <laughs> I'm Greg Ames. And we have a very special guest, one of my best friends who oddly has never been on a podcast with me, if my memory serves me right, but is the biggest Ghostbusters fan I know. Corey, what's up? What up, buddy? And no, no, we have never done a podcast together. It's very surprising because you're a very loudmouthed individual. I'm going to take that as a compliment. I, I, it was meant as such, sir. So, I mean, you, you talk loudly and proudly. I, I do. I do. <laughs> that doesn't always make sense, but whatever. Technicalities. You know. All right, before we say anything else, I'm going to get this out of the way. We're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife since it's a new release. Full spoilers ahead. This is your turn turnaround point if you haven't seen it and want to see it first. I mean, it goes without saying, but we have to say it because it's the internet. No, Greg, you know, you're a huge Ghostbusters fan, as we've discussed many times before on this show, yes? Yeah. And you've often deferred to me as an even bigger Ghostbusters fan, but I think we're in the presence of the king right now, because I'm under the impression that Corey's probably one of the hugest Ghostbuster fans that exist. I don't know about that exists like i'm not gonna spend the 400 dollars on the haslab spangler proton pack uh but i do have an entire room in my house dedicated to my ghostbusters merch that's pretty that's pretty insane so i think you definitely are one of the top fans what's your crown jewel in that collection like what's your like if you're bringing someone over and you're showing them one item well probably the thing that means the most to me is I still have my original Egon Spangler action figure from when they first came out. I'm assuming that's not in package, right? Oh, no, and it is far from recognizable. <laughs> yeah, that's I, that, that's a lot of my Ghostbuster stuff. I have a lot of the old action figures, and they are all beat the hell, because I beat the shit out of them when I was a kid. I think Egon is the only one of mine that survived well as greg can attest to as we've talked about on this show uh the attic at my house is just a tomb to my childhood so the majority of all, all my toys are up there and i have like all the original ghostbusters the cars the firehouse but they're all who they're all in disarray my never loved me enough to get me the firehouse oh uh, well I, i'm sorry my parents did it's cool <laughs> That's why I was really hoping with these Kenner Classic reissues that they've been doing, that they oh, eventually yeah. release the Firehouse, so I can go buy it for myself, stand in the middle of my parents' living room, and make them play with it with me. <laughs> that, 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 that went into actually a more of a wholesome direction than I thought it would. I really thought that was going to end with like rage and violence. Nah, just, a, just an almost 40-year-old man. Playing with his Ghostbusters toys in his parents' floor, forcibly making his parents play with him. It's like, Mom and Dad, are you proud of me now? Do you love me now? I bought it myself, <laughs> Mommy. I bought it myself. I grew up to be a big boy, and I made money, and I bought it myself. Are you proud of me? I mean, yes, I 
could have spent the money on something for my children, but I didn't. Oh, well, who, <laughs> oh, who cares about children? Jeez. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to say I do. <laughs> Before we end the movie, do you want to, like, walk us through, like, your... I know it sounds cheesy, but I guess quote-unquote journey with Ghostbusters. Like, what grabbed you with this franchise and made you love it so much? How did the Ghostbusters grab you? Show me on the doll. Uh, I honestly, I've been a fan so far back that I truly don't remember. I know it was the real Ghostbusters cartoon show that got, but honestly, other, I just, I actually had this discussion with my parents the other day. Because I'm like, there's three things that I've been into my entire life. Ghostbusters, pro wrestling, and Star Wars. I know who got me into pro wrestling. I know who got me into Star Wars. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out how I got into Ghostbusters. I'm going to assume that one of my parents was flipping through TV channels, looking for a cartoon to quiet young me up. It got, Ghostbusters happened to be on, and it just went from there. Now let me ask you this question: um, How how old are you again? I will be thirty eight in December. Okay, me and you are basically the same age. I turned thirty eight in March, so we're kind of of the same um, era. That we basically there was not a time when Ghostbusters basically didn't exist in our lives. Um, for a brief period after I was born, I guess because I. I don't. I can't remember exactly what month the original movie came out. It came it, out in, I believe, June of 1984. Okay, so about six months. And I was born in March of 1984, and I don't remember any of my life before I was four years old. So as far as I'm concerned, those years don't really count. So I don't remember. Like I think I we're in the same position of like we were just Ghostbusters was always there. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Okay, so I just I just thought that was a interesting uh we're on the same page here i think that's kind of interesting you want to know what's wild is ghostbusters released the same day as gremlins and that's just showing you how much crazy good stuff was coming out at once is that both of these classics literally came out the same day in competition with each other nice that is a little insane because nowadays you would like you don't want to have that kind of competition usually with studio would flinch but movie theaters were different back then all right, you guys want to get into Afterlife? We can do Afterlife. All right, Corey, you have anything else about your life with Ghostbusters? Just a, a personal story between me and you, Ryan. I remember one time I threatened your life over some ecto-cooler. Oh, okay, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> when the okay. 2016 Ghostbusters movie came out. And... I happened to work in a store that sold that would potentially sell ecto cooler, but we did not have it in stock. So I, I may have done some life threatening, but did, <laughs> did but did I not eventually get you some ecto cooler? You did. I was very upset that they didn't bring it out for the masses for this one. I thought I thought they did, or was that a limited release? It was only available in certain theaters. Oh, that's stupid. And they sold it in Gatorade bottles instead of juice boxes. Like, uh, yeah. like, uh, I don't want to drink my Ecto Cooler like an adult. <laughs> uh, I guess you didn't save any of that uh, stuff from the last time. <laughs> it probably didn't make it home. <laughs> oh my. If I remember correctly, I was going to work that day, and I'm pretty sure I drank it all that night. <laughs> I was going to say, you drank it all at work, and you just like had a 
sugar crash. Well, yeah. All right. So afterlife, uh, Maxwell, me and you saw it together. Corey, you did not because you were being a responsible parent, waiting till the next day to take your children. So, yeah. what were your overall thoughts, um, Maxwell? You go ahead first on the movie. Just a quick, brief summary of it all. Overall, I enjoyed it immensely. And you, if you, if if you, well, obviously you've listened to previous episodes. You're on them, but anyone that's listened to previous episodes, I had a rocky history with when this movie was being made. I was skeptical about it at first, um, but overall, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, it was very heartfelt. It tied into the originals in, in a way that, for the most part, felt very natural and organic. Um, the cast was incredible. Um, I actually liked the, the new cast, the teenagers and the kids, which is weird for me because I usually do not like movies featuring kids. There were some moments in it where I felt it leaned a bit heavy on nostalgia for the first one, but overall it was a lot of fun and probably um, the best we can hope for for a really good Ghostbusters 3. Uh, I mean, basic, I feel basically the same way Ryan did, just... It touched all the buttons I needed it to, uh, you know, because we got the new cast, we got the nostalgia of it, but like, but it didn't lean too heavy on the fact that we, the, uh, of the original cast coming back. Um, like I, you and I have talked on the phone about this, Greg, I didn't feel like I was missing the original cast throughout the movie. Yeah, I think that was the biggest strength of this movie, looking back on it while I was watching it, because walking into that theater that day, like, sitting down, I'm like, okay, where's the original guys at? Let's get this going. And then, so, in my head, well, I know there's this new cast of kids and everything. They're going to be there, but come on, it's just time filler until we get these guys in. And by the time it came around to me watching this, I was fully invested in these guys, and Look, I'm thrilled that they brought the original cast back, and I'm so thankful for it, and I loved it. But I would have been cool, honestly, with a movie with just this new cast. I enjoyed it so much. Like, they pulled it off, and it still felt like a Ghostbusters movie, fully solidified in the, that universe. I'm not trying to talk shit on 2016, but that felt like its own universe. It never felt like it existed in the Ghostbusters world. Well, this, exactly. even without that cast, if it just would have been these new people, it still felt 100% that story. Yeah, Greg, I agree with you on that. Um, by the time we got to the original members of the Ghostbusters, their first full scene, I almost felt like an afterthought because everything else was set up so well. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we forgot to put these guys in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get them in. G- get their greatest hits lines. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's like, who are you gonna call? Now, I will say because I don't, I have to be fair when I. Because I spent the last few minute movies talking shit on everything. This is a giant love fest for me. I will say, though, the who are you going to call line was the one little bit of a groan from me. I'm like, oh, come on. This doesn't feel natural in the slightest. But I was okay with it, and I'd overlook it in this in a second for everything else. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of had to throw some kind of little bone like that in there. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk. Let's talk about the the, the new cast of this movie. Uh, as I said before, a, a movie about kid Ghostbusters. At first, I was that I wasn't really excited for, but these kids are awesome in this movie. Absolutely, like, and you you can see little glimmers of like little characteristics of some of the original characters in them. 
but they were completely their own separate characters. Yeah, and well, not just even uh, Glimmers. Um, Phoebe, I believe her name was uh, Egon's yeah. granddaughter, looked like a little girl version of Egon. Like oh, yeah. that, that the, the, the look of her and her brother Trevor, like they look, they look like Harold Ramis's children, not not, not even just their grandchildren. Dude, Phoebe, but played by McKenna Grace, was like the highlight. This girl ruled. They also didn't lean into the smart kid, nerdy, socially awkward stereotype. She seemed realistic for the most part, which so few movies, even ones that I love, can get that right. It's always the nerdy kid doesn't understand anything of social communication or anything like they made a realistic nerdy kid and that that's what i appreciate yeah, not about like it. not like like the uh the sheldon s- syndrome that's exactly what i was gonna say they could have easily big bang theoried it i'm glad they didn't i wish i could remember some of the jokes she told because i legitimately enjoyed them why can't you trust adams because, because they, they make up them. everything that's <laughs> the only one i can remember they're like like some of the ones that she told goes are just the one she told Gozer that I loved was, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Oh my god. I I loved it. I thought they were legitimately funny. I like As we've established, I, I do have children, and those were such dad jokes that, like, they, they, they just hit me in a special spot. <laughs> you, were you, like, writing these down for material to use at home? <laughs> I, I really should have jotted them down, but I did not have a pen in my full Ghostbusters costume I had on. <laughs> now, Finn Wolfhard being Trevor, look, I love Finn Wolfhard and most of the stuff he's been in. This kid's already, like, making a huge name for himself in sci-fi and horror. But, like, he just seemed Finn Wolfhard to me for the most part, which is not a diss nor compliment. Like, yeah, he did his Finn Wolfhard thing. Well done. Um the podcast kid went from a character that I couldn't stand to one that at the end I'm like, yeah, podcast, grab that po- proton pack. So, like, to do a turnaround for me, well done. Because, obviously, all of us are on a podcast currently. Yeah, The, really the character like- of podcast felt like an old man who's like, what do kids like these days? Ah, oh, podcast, you know. Long form media, that's what kids love? Let's make this kid that. I'm like, Oh, but then he was so good he turned around on me. I'm like, okay, I'll take see, it. Here's the thing. I noticed with our group of friends um, a bit of an audible groan when he announced that his name or nickname was Podcast. And I get that, but when you think about it, if you're a 12-year-old kid, you probably you probably think that's a cool nickname. Uh, oh, no. no. I don't think any 12-year-old no. thinks that's cool. Corey, you have kids. You can speak to this better than us. I mean, I could see... I I could see it. Absolutely. Okay, and I would like you to say would Maxwell you really hit your stride somewhere around episode forty six. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that this one? I think it's no, forty five, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we haven't gone to forty six yet. <laughs> that's that's kind of perfect. That's our next episode after this. Good. All right, so that's all, that's a lot of pressure. We have to hit our stride next episode. Oh yeah. god, figure it out. So Paul Rudd also is a national treasure. And, and he was just very Paul Ruddy in it. I mean, he's Paul Rudd in it. Paul Rudd's like Paul Rudd in everything he does, basically. I mean, I... Yeah. How else do you describe him? He's the sexiest man alive. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, he is. Did you guys catch what ice cream he got? Please tell me you both noticed that. Oh, yeah. Baskin-Robbins. Yes, which was kind of hilarious with Ant-Man. Baskin-Robbins always finds out. 
Also, oh, yeah. Baskin Robbins was a sponsor for this movie. There's a exclusive Funko Pop at, at Baskin Robbins. Oh, really? Shit. Of yes. who? What character? Oh, it's one of the mini puffs. He's holding a, a pink Baskin Robbins spoon. All right. So while we're kind of on this tangent, um, I want to talk about the whole Walmart sequence because I probably laughed louder than I should have during that whole sequence when we saw that in theaters. I don't think I'm, louder than you should have because that's or, where I was laughing the most too. It was hilarious. Yeah, just the little marshmallow guys who go from being playful to basically killing themselves. Well, they didn't die. They're not alive. And you see the one that goes in the blender; his eyes open up after the end. He's alive. It's still pretty twisted. And I think the moment that really just did it in for me is when Paul Rudd threw the uh, container of ba- ice cream at the fucking demon dog's head. <laughs> that's what I lost it I mean what what would you do in that situation I mean it makes sense but I don't know as soon as that happened I was like I was I was gone dude the fact that he jumps through his missing windshield to get away from the dog was incredible uh, you guys notice how well stocked that Walmart was oh yeah and not crowded like you weren't getting road rage walking around in there yeah and Walmart oh, doesn't man. even sell Baskin Robbins ice cream I didn't think so. At least ours doesn't. Well, this is in this is in Oklahoma. Maybe they, down there they have a different distributor. Maybe. Now, I also got to say this, because this is one thing I've seen people online arguing about, so I'd like to clear my side of it up and you guys can say agree or disagree. A lot of people were mad at the mini Stay Puffs, because they're like, Stay Puff wasn't a ghost. It was a manifestation by Gozer when, you know, that whole thing. Choose your doom. And so... The reason we see Stay Puft, though, is because Gozer's awakening. So that's why, and that was the last big attempt by Gozer. So I don't think they're ghosts popping out of there. I think it's from that ghost rising back up. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. That makes a lot of, I think that makes a lot of sense because yeah, you basically said it. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> yeah, I was fine. I was fine. I, I actually enjoyed the mini puffs. I mean, just a bit, a nice sequence of, you know, a nice comedic sequence, and then it didn't overstay its welcome either. No, it popped back up at the end, you know, the returning punch of a joke, like, so it made perfect sense. And uh, let's talk about a little bit more about Paul Rudd. Um, Anyone else feel like... (laughs) (laughs) That's something we say all the time, yes. Let's talk more about Paul Rudd. Did anyone else feel like Paul Rudd was supposed to be the, you know, the Ghostbusters fans, basically? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it really felt like he was really like, you know, geeking out about the Ghostbusters, and really like he represented like us in the audience. I've loved this thing for so long. Like, yeah, I saw myself in that character for sure. Yeah. Also, I think we should probably touch on the opening to this movie because I look. Let's let's address what they obviously had to deal with. Harold Ramis passed away, and Corey, you're actually this is a thing I wanted to bring up to you because. I remember when they announced 2016, uh, me and you had a conversation, and you said you don't think they can actually do a real Ghostbusters movie without Harold Ramis. See an Afterlife, do you think they did it like tactfully enough with that? Because I know that was a big, I guess, red flag for you, at least back then. Like, Do you think they did it well enough with like respecting their friend in real life and everything? I said this to my wife after, I'm like, I think one of the big problems with 2016 is other than the writing because that movie was just one long SNL sketch uh, it, on its own. It was okay, but it 
to me, it wasn't a real Ghostbusters movie. No, um, for sure. And it came out so soon after Harold Ramis's death, and it didn't even really mention. It was, I, mean, I understand it was in like another universe, but it just felt like we never got to say goodbye. And in this yeah. movie, we literally got to say goodbye to Egon. Like I couldn't have asked for a better way to pay tribute and say goodbye to both to both the the character and the man. Yeah, so it's really at this point it's hard to separate the character from the man himself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And this as an as an actor and as a, a comedic actor and a writer, Harold Ramis was just just a great uh, talent. I just recently rewatched the movie Stripes, and he's to see him play a character. It's been a while since I've seen Stripes, but he his character in that movie and Egon are so wildly different, but he's so wildly good at them. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Maxwell. You, me, and you talked about this. I think Corey, me, and you might have actually brought this up too, which we shouldn't talk before the episode. But I needed to talk about this movie. Um, I was worried at the beginning of this movie after that whole opening, and you see what happens to Egon, and then everyone in town's like, "Oh, the oh. dirt farmer," and his daughter Callie's like, "Oh, my dad was a son of a bitch," and like everything. I'm like, "Oh no!" Like Ray's like, "He can burn in hell." I'm like. No! What is oh. this? And then, like, I was glad with the turnaround, but I was worried. I'm like, you can't treat Egon like this in this, like, last, like, hurrah kind of, even though he wasn't there. But, like, you know, I was really worried. But I think the turnaround and the reveal made up for I, it. I had the exact same thoughts. I'm just like, okay, Egon was the brains of the Ghostbusters. He had a sense of humor. It was very dry. But then they basically, like, Egon's the biggest shit in the world. He abandoned us all. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie doing? What happened to Egon? And then when you finally realize that he gave up his entire life basically to save the world, you're like, oh, he is still Egon after all. All right, finally, th things are cool. Here's my one tiny little issue with everything. His daughter had to have been born around the time that the original Ghostbusters would have happened because she looked to be about my age, about our age, maybe a little older, but she was never mentioned in either film. That and also they they say nothing about her husband either. I think that's one of the things where the line between suspension of disbelief and a plot hole kind of blurs, and I think there's really no workaround for that. Yeah, like. Call a spade a spade. That's a plot hole. Yeah, good call. I mean, no movie is absolutely perfect, but you know, this one was really good. I always like in my head canon assumed that Janine and Egon would go spend the rest of their life together. You see, that's I don't know because they tried to set that up in the first movie, but then they set up Janine and uh, Louis Tully. Lewis in the second one, but obviously uh, Rick Moranis is retired from acting, so I I would be curious to see who has Egon actually ended up with. That's another kind of big question mark that we you know. Well, we can't really have don't really have an explanation for that, but oh well, let's just keep moving. It's basically I think what I got from it. Fair now. Fair. I speaking of question marks, um, what about J.K. Simmons? As Ivo Shandor, I won't lie, I don't really know what was going on here. 
Well, I mean, he was the he was the architect that built Dana Barrett's building as basically a terminal for Gozer's return in the original. So he was basically his like well, obviously his main goal is to bring Gozer back, but yes. somehow he is he's trying to do it again somehow. I think they touched on that with the idea that this is an event that happens every so many years. Yes. Um, was this movie delayed by COVID? Yes, yeah. by by about a year. So okay, I thought so because I was looking at the years and the 2021. The one looked slightly funky. Yeah, I kind of got. I noticed that a little bit too. Yes. Yeah, okay. Last year, it's also kind of a nod to the um to the Ghostbusters video game that came out a number of years ago. I think that was like the early 2000s. That was the one that. Uh, that was the one that basically was the clo- they always said was the closest thing to Ghostbusters three because they used a lot of story elements from that from yeah. those scripts for that game. And that, that they just released the remaster a couple years ago, which I picked up for Switch. I was actually just playing it yesterday again. That that whole game, in my very 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 limited video game experience, like the newest system I have anymore is a Nintendo sixty four. Um, that game kind of set up the Evo Shandor character a little bit more. More okay. than mentioning him as an insane architect that, you know, was trying to bring back a Sumerian god. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you could... I've read a little bit of it online where they had ideas for a third Ghostbuster movie that was going to go more in detail about... How do you say his name again? Evo Shandler? Shandor. Shandor. The Evo Shandor, they were good. they had ideas for a third movie that was going to delve more into his backstory, and I think that obviously you said they picked that up with the video game because they they picked up elements from different scripts, and then they kind of I guess uh, expanded on that for this movie. Yeah, like we never truly thought we were ever going to get a Ghostbusters three. No, no, I mean, uh, basically, well, I think the main reason was basically Bill Murray. <laughs> Yeah, well, because after Groundhog Day, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis wound up hating each other. Which seems to be a reoccurring thing of Bill Murray working with people and then and them ending up hating him. Which, as much as I love Bill Murray, I have to wonder if he's kind of a dick in real life. Oh, I'm sure he is. Now, I love the man's work to death. I, I heard he's a, an incredible dick in real life. Yeah, like, I've heard this story, like, so many times before on, like, behind-the-scenes things. Like, um... Whenever he did the movie Scrooge, the uh, retelling that the retelling of you know the Christmas Carol, um, he famously did not get along with the director of that movie. Um, he had a falling out with Harold Ramis on Groundhog Day. He famously has shit all over Ghostbusters too. Yeah, yeah, like, the guy's odd. I know he would tear up scripts brought to him for Ghostbusters three, yelling, "No one wants to see old men running around chasing ghosts in jumpsuits." He would get very angry about it. But but everybody wants to see two Garfield movies. Exactly. <laughs> well, he thought he was working with the Coen brothers. He got tricked. Yeah. Twice? Yeah. Uh, apparently. That, that's, I think, that's a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me situation. I, I just feel like that's really like Bill Murray needed a paycheck and he stopped giving a fuck. I mean, he can't be making a lot of money on the, all these Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, he's in a lot of those, isn't he? Yeah, and that's... Uh, I don't even want to talk about Wes Anderson. <laughs> Fair. Now, we all 
it's like worst kept secret. Corey, you'll get this reference. It was like the CM Punk return. Like, we're not going to say, but we all know that the originals were coming back for this movie. Yes, yeah. So, did you think that we were going to get more, less, or about the amount we got? I honestly kind of figured more. I think I did too, yeah. But I was cool with what we got. I I didn't really have a great expectation of how much they'd be in it, but I, I agree with you, both of them. I was... I was good with what we had because I think given the story that was the rest of the story that has been created, I think throwing too much of them in it would have taken away from the the, the stories of the new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Muncher? Like this generation Slimer? I like him. We're a metal eating ghost that spits it back at you. I mean, how can you not like that? Yeah. I thought it was awesome. And it was voiced by the same guy that voices Olaf in Frozen. Oh, oh yeah, no jo- shit. Josh Gad. Yeah, I saw that in the credits. Yeah. Um, Jason Reitman, I saw an interview with him, and people were asking the obvious questions. Well, how come Slimer isn't in the movie? It says, well, Slimer's a ghost in New York. They're in the Midwest. And someone asked about um, Rick Moranis' character. And they're like, well, he lives in New York. And that was basically, and it almost felt like a cop out interview, but it was 100% right. He says, no, we're in the Midwest in this movie. Yeah. That's actually not a bad uh, trick to just kind of remove it from being too indebted to the other movies. Yeah, 100%. And I actually liked it. It was cool because we had things that we wouldn't see in a New York City Ghostbusters. As much as similar to like a Spider-Man, the Ghostbusters feel very New York to me. Like they almost need to be there. But I can take these stories where it's not there once in a while because we wouldn't have that cool like muncher chase in the ecto one with the remote control thing the way we did if it was still based in new york so it allowed them to play with some other things that we wouldn't have got that i really like yeah yeah it was in new york that car chase would have lasted for about two seconds then they would have gotten stuck in traffic yes or i think i think for all of us the highlight was whenever um trevor was just you know driving the uh car, the car through the cornfields basically or when, when he dukes of hazarded the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. He oh, the and yeah. I don't know how that hood didn't crumple in that shot. Did you guys notice that the way that car lands? I don't know how that car didn't just fucking fall apart. Oh yeah, cars were built better back then. That fair point. Now, what was your guys's big moment? Like, I won't lie, as dumb as it sounds, I got legit emotional at the moment where the whole crew showed back up for the first time, and I was like, oh. Holy shit, it's happening type moment. Was that for you guys? Um that, but more so for me, Ghost Egon helping his granddaughter with the Proton Pack. Like, uh, like him just reaching for- around grabbing it. That was is mm, beautiful. Wait, 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 but him reaching around and grabbing it. Mm. There you go. I I knew you were going to. Okay. <laughs> we had to. Come on. We're, we 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 need some more dick jokes in this thing. Like, I I legitimately started to cry. I'm not even gonna. Not, it, it happened. Actually, this is this isn't. How would I put it? Actually, yeah, I'm gonna go with this. Um, a scene that really stuck uh, stuck out for me, and it was kind of gradual, is whenever um, Phoebe discovers the basement full of Egon's old stuff, and you slowly but surely start to realize that the spear of Egon is down there helping her. Whenever they first started doing that, and they started leaning into the basically revealing the fact that. The ghost of Egon is still around, and he's helping his grandchildren. 
don't know, that really struck a chord with me for some reason, too, because of the fact that we have this entire series where you're there, your ghosts are being portrayed as kind of evil, but we have Egon back as like the friendly ghost, kind of. The, the helper ghost. I don't know. Something about, I, I like the the slow buildup of realizing Egon may be gone, but he's still around. But that obviously dovetails at the end when we see him in full ghost form, which I was shocked at how effective that was. I had a, that really could have been a cringy scene. And I think they handled it amazingly well. Anytime you're doing something like that with a deceased actor, you're, you're playing with fire. And I think they did it insanely well. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't have him talk. Yeah, that that would have taken you out of it, I think, because you would have someone him speak would have would have just pulled me completely out of it. Yeah, it would have been like you're hearing someone doing a Harold Ramis impersonation, and so I'm I'm fine with Egon's ghost being a mute. Yeah. Now, question. Okay. So you know the big like cornfield trap at the end, and it sucks in all the ghosts and everything. Yes. Am I asking the obvious question that why wasn't Egon sucked into it? Hmm. Hmm. That's a, there, there's probably... Now, I'll tell you my headcanon on why it didn't okay. work, but I was curious if you guys had a separate... I didn't even think of that. Egon designed this thing. I'm sure he knows the way to not get sucked into it. Like, you'd be like, this will work in every scenario unless Ghost is blank. So I'm sure he would have a way not to, but I was like, wait a second... It's sucking in all the ghosts. I'll I'll agree with your headcanon just because I had never even thought of that till now. Yeah, me neither. I was, okay, I'm sorry. That, that, that would be a that would be a very anti, that would be a very anticlimactic way to end the movie where you know Harold Ramis ends uh, ends up in the you know, ghost trap. I thought they were going to and like they're gonna play it like as a really sad thing and like I'm like I don't want Egon stuck in there with Gozer. Don't do that. I'm going to go with your headcanon until I hear something from someone involved in the movie that has a another explanation for it. Now, did you guys enjoy the post-credits? Yes. Yes. Oh, my. Well, okay, Corey, you handle the first. Corey, you go. You need to talk more. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, de- like, I like the, the, you know, the funny one with, with Dana and Peter. And, you know, full disclosure, I left before the second one. But I found some some kind soul that had uploaded it to YouTube, so I did get to see it. I would say for shame on you, but you have children, so it wasn't them that made me leave. It was me. Oh, I didn't know there was a I didn't know there was a second one. I'm like, oh, there was already one. I thought maybe you had to pee or something, dude. That's no, why you buy the cup. You don't need to leave to pee. <laughs> Well, we, we 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 saw it at the movie theater where they where they sell you like full meals as well. So that was kind of nice. Oh, you go to Westwood? Yeah. Oh, that place is cool. I like going there. It was nice. I I showed up like I said in full full Ghostbusters outfit, and the kid behind the counter looks at me and goes, "What movie?" <laughs> <laughs> you should have told him a different movie. Just be that guy. Because Eternals was the other one that was being shown. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah, Eternals. And he looked, at, and my wife and my my wife yelled at me because <laughs> I'm apparently not supposed to harass the teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one, I liked it. I was curious what they're setting up with it because that seemed like a setup scene. Well, obviously. Um, 
they're hoping I would not imagine they're hoping they can make another one. We'll see if that happens considering how long it took to get this one, but I think maybe they're going to do something with the maybe with the containment unit malfunctioning in New York. I have heard rumors of a series to go to either Netflix or Amazon. I would love it. I and I'd it, be I you know what? I won't lie though, as much as I'd love it. I think I'd prefer them keep Ghostbusters movie right now. Like, movies? Some things... I like these big multimedia things, like, that we have shows, movies, books for, everything. Ghostbusters is one I'd rather us keep movies, at least for the time being. Maybe get, like, another another one out of it and then go the show route. Well, they also... Ghostbusters has always also been cartoons as well. That's always been a big part of it. I know, but I'm saying for the canon has always just been the movie. Yeah, that's true. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah, the, the real Ghostbusters was never mo- movie canon. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just acknowledge the fact that the cartoons have played a big part in it, even if they run parallel to the movies. Oh, for sure. Dude, the toys, the cartoons, the comics, everything. Like I said, I've my my introduction to Ghostbusters was definitely the cartoon. And, you know, the reason I keep you know money keeps disappearing as they keep really re-releasing all these uh reissue figures <laughs> all right i'd like okay i'd like i'd like to take a tangent now before i don't know where we're at in terms of wrapping this episode up but i want to take a side tangent into the greater ghostbusters franchise if i may be allowed yeah, i mean you can, it's all your right. show dude all right um I was just thinking, we're talking about the cartoons right now. We were touching on the cartoons a little bit. And I've always wondered, and I've heard several different explanations for this, and maybe one of you will have an answer, is why the Ghostbusters and the cartoon look so radically different than their movie counterparts. I've heard different theories or explanations. I'd like to know if either of you have heard something that seems legit. I'll jump in first, because Corey probably has the correct answer. What I always heard was just likeness rights. They, They didn't have them. That's that's what it was. Okay. You see, see, I heard likeness rights, but I also heard another... This is only a theory, but someone pointed out, if you tried to make them all look accurate to how they did in the movie, uh, they'd basically look all the same except for Winston. I don't know. I I think Egon would look different. I think you're running into that with Ray and Peter. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think they'd be... I because if you look at how they're designed in the cartoon, they drastically changed like basically the hair color and some of the features. Like they made Egon blonde, Ray was had like reddish hair and a weight yeah. problem. Yeah, great. <laughs> and, what? And a weight problem. Well, he had. Well, so did Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> so that's nothing. So that's nothing different. Vakeman uh, had brown hair. And then we had Winston, who obviously is. African American, so yes, so but I always thought I I just remember reading something online saying that they did it to make the, to differentiate the characters a bit more. Oh, that's also why they all had different color jumpsuits. Oh, the color jumpsuits for sure. I mean that's that's classic. It's like to bring it back to one of our other topics. Why Ninja Turtles all got different color headbands when they started the cartoon? It's easy for kids to tell them apart. Some more action figures. And also, I don't know if likeness rights completely holds up. It may have been true at the time because they've been making uh, screen accurate Ghostbusters figures for a few years now for like specialty toys. Well, now they got them, I imagine, because well, when a different toy company, like you look at something like NECA, th- they have the rights to things that something else might not. Like they don't have the rights 
to make a Pamela Voorhees figure, but there's been other Pamela Voorhees figures. It's all what company is putting them out. They have to get the rights to it. Hasbro has the rights to just about everything at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, and their Plasma Series figures are just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, speaking you know, of, I want to do a humble brag right now, Maxwell. All right. Our, our guest was having trouble finding uh, Ghostbusters Advent Calendar, and I pointed him in the right direction. He was able to score one the next day. Yes, yes, you did find me the Advent Calendar. I'm not sure how my wife feels about you at this point, because we did have to run to Evansburg the next day on an unscheduled trip. Oh, that's not that far of a drive. Far enough. I I'm assuming to... you didn't tell her, hey, I can stop and check for you after work. You're like, no, we have to go now. I didn't want them to sell out, Greg. <laughs> this, I mean, I completely understand your point of view for, on this, Corey. I think you're, you're, you're perfectly in the right here. Oh, I'm, I'm on your side, too. So, yes, tell her that it's been put to a vote. You're fine. I know. Because apparently me and Greg have some sort of stake in your marriage. It's cool. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I do thank you for helping me find that. And I anxiously await December the 12th when I can start opening these things. <laughs> because, so, you know, traditionally advent calendars are like the entire month of December or the 12 days of Christmas. Nope, nope. This one's 13 days. Oh, that's that's nice though. A little bonus baker's dozen days. It it is. It, you, you get you get a little bonus gifty in there. Um, so, I gotta I ask you guys. Put it out, so it should all be good stuff. Oh yeah, that was Funko. I did see that. Now, did you guys see? Were you guys surprised that Gozer showed back up? Because the first two didn't use the same villain. So, did you expect this or no? Um, from the trailers, yeah, I I expected it to be Gozer. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat. When the tra- when the trailers, especially when the trailers brought out the demon dogs, and I had I had sus- a suspicion it would be Gozer. Then when I saw the movie and it went to you know Evo Shit, how do you say his name again? Fuck, I never remember it. Shandor, e- Evo Shandor. Whenever they went to his mines, I'm like, okay, they're going directly into the lore of the first movie. See, that was one of the areas that I was concerned about because I was worried they were going to go a bit too much into a, like, Hey, we're just redoing the ending of the first movie. But whenever they went to the whole, the whole corn, the uh, farm feel sequence with the, all the traps, I was like, okay, they're, they're doing a, They're not just redoing the ending of the first one. And I was happy. I was happy with the way they went then. I didn't think they'd go the full way with it though. I was surprised that with like bringing on speaking of that was Olivia Wilde playing Gozer this time. Yes. I actually just read that uh, probably about an hour ago when I was doing my mild Wikipedia prep work that I do for these episodes. Um, I mean, look, I don't have too much else to drop in here. I just, I really love this movie. This might, we're getting close to our year-end wrap-up episode, and this has a strong case to possibly be my number one. This is a strong case to be in my top whatever we're doing. I'm not sure how many we're doing Top five, top ten, ten whatever. Max. Well, come on, it's the internet. You do top ten lists. I think I've only seen two new movies this year. Oh, Corey, you gotta step it up. You see, that's yeah. my concern. If if I because of especially with how um, theaters were not things weren't being released, I mean, I might my list might be a little bit more than ten movies I've seen, but I don't want to put every movie I've seen this year on my list. I will say this is my favorite new movie that I've seen this year. That's Just good. Just edging out Godzilla versus Kong. 
Man, Godzilla vs. Kong was fun though, dude. I did like yeah. that movie. I, I I took my I took my son to see it. How did he like it? Like, how does it play to a younger kid? He's five. He had an absolute blast. Good. I'm glad to hear it. One thing I did love in this new Ghostbusters is just some of the the little Easter eggs in it. Um, like when they were in the basement, you saw Egon's collections of spores, molds, and funguses. Yeah. <laughs> another one that was a big nod to the cartoon series fan is they actually put the bug eye ghost, which was one of my favorite real Ghostbusters toys as a kid in this movie. It was the one that you saw the eyeball pop out and then the ghost came around the corner. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. That, and that was one of the Kenner classic toys that they've reissued so far. I was reading somewhere. I, I didn't catch this, but I was reading somewhere that, Allegedly, the toaster from Ghostbusters 2 was in there somewhere, which I don't it's know how you can pick. It's, it's in the kitchen. Which, how? Which, like I said, I didn't notice it because my first thought is, why would you even notice the toaster? But is it blatantly the same toaster? I don't know. I didn't. I did not see it. Yes, it is blatantly the same toaster. Okay. That's another thing that a few people have commented online about whether or not this movie acknowledges the existence of Ghostbusters 2 or not. And. Jason Reitman came out and said, yes, it does. Shut up. Yeah, and basically saying whenever people ask, well, what about, you know, Ecto-1A and what about their different suits? They're just like, well, we'll get to that or something. Like he's, and he's, hint, he's kind of hinting at they might do something with that if they do a sequel, but also just sounds like he's just like, you know, shut up. Everyone knows the classic car and logo. But if also if, if you look at the post-credits, the second post-credit sequence, the car that's pulling in to the firehouse is an Ecto-1. That's Ecto-1A. Did it have the ghost with the peace sign? You didn't see the sides, but you had to look at the roof. There was more stuff on the roof. But I'm talking about like something that always... Okay, this is a, a bit of a nitpick, but hey, why not? Something that uh, that in my adult life has bugged me about Ghostbusters 2 is obviously, you know, you're doing a Ghostbusters sequel, you have the ghost holding up the two fingers for a two. That's great from a marketing standpoint. Would you agree? Yes. It makes no sense for that to be their logo in the movie. Why does their symbol know a ghost flashing the peace sign? They brought peace to New York. I, But not really, because they're still fighting ghosts, and there's the evil guy in the painting in the River of Slime. <laughs> yeah, but they got rid of that. Yeah, but, but when they bought, whenever they brought their business back, they didn't even know Vigo was responsible for it. Shh. Stop this. And, yeah, what are you and, doing <laughs> And this is just this is a minor nitpick because I actually like Ghostbusters too. There seems to be there used to be a big like not a hatred but a, like a dislike of Ghostbusters too. Like oh, it's not as good as the original. It's not, but it's still the Ghostbusters and it's still a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. I think this movie could, you could watch it and you see the things that include Ghostbusters two as canon if you've seen Ghostbusters two. What this movie does is they leave it to. Look, if you've seen Ghostbusters... You'll follow this easily. One, you're good. Like, it's not required watching for it. I think that's the way they kind of go with it. Yeah, you can see Ghostbusters and see Ghostbusters Afterlife, and having Ray own an occult bookstore makes perfect sense, not knowing that that's what happened to him in Ghostbusters 2. Exactly. Like, you don't... Like, you'll get it more. You'll have references. Oh, this is from this. This is from this. But it's not necessary viewing to go into it. Exactly. 
Now, if they do do another do do. Uh, <laughs> I was showing such restraint. I'm sitting here smiling. Nope, don't do it. I did it. Um, if they do another sequel, and maybe they do touch a little more on, on, on Ghostbusters too. Maybe they don't. I'm happy either way. If, I, if you're if you're offering me more Ghostbusters in my life, I'm I'm not going to complain too hard. Yeah, I don't think so. Even if if I don't love it, it's there. Yeah, even if they gave us a sequel to 2016 at this point, I'm still gonna see it. Yeah, which we didn't talk. But yeah, we didn't talk a whole lot about that one. I wasn't sure if we wanted to say anything about it or not. I said my piece on it. It's there. I didn't. I didn't hate it. Honestly, a lot of people fucking hated it. I thought it was. Corey put it very well. It felt like an SNL sketch where it didn't feel like Ghostbusters. It just, it was, it was fine to see. I didn't love it. If that was the original Ghostbusters, I don't think you would have gotten any of the fanfare that Ghostbusters got. Just didn't, and not because it's the women Ghostbusters. It was like the humor just didn't play well. They didn't mesh. They didn't feel like a big epic team. No, no, it just, the, I put the blame for 2016 Ghostbusters solely on on the writing of that movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. The the jokes weren't funny. Like walking down and seeing someone trying on silly wigs and hats isn't funny. That's my thing. It, that was well. Here's my thoughts. I've always had on the 2016 Ghostbuster movies. The 2016 Ghostbuster movie. Um, it felt like big budget fan fiction. Yeah, and yeah. so like. Me, Greg, actually, I remember being Greg. You, me and you saw this in theaters, and we saw it, and we're like, okay, that was entertaining for two hours, but then I never saw it ever again after that. Exactly. Like, that was like, my thing. I saw it, I didn't regret seeing it. Yeah. And then that, and this is back in the days of like, well, of uh, where like, you know, I still, well, a lot of people still had like, uh, original like cable or whatever, like I do. Well, I still do have regular cable, but like, even now, like, I come across that movie 2016 Ghostbusters on TV, I'll watch a few minutes of it, and I'm like, meh, and that's about it. It's nothing, I don't think it's terrible, it's just, oh yeah, and my my final thing for about it is the fact that they re, it was a reboot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, on continuity reboot, yes. Here's the thing, like, I don't understand this logic. Okay, we have this movie, Ghostbusters from 1984, that everybody loves, we have a sequel that most people think is okay. So what are we going to do? We're going to make a new movie that disregards both of them. Like, why? why? <laughs> it was like when they released the, the Texas Chainsaw remake back in the early 2000s. Michael Which, Bateman. out of all those Platinum Dunes ones, is one of the better ones. I will say that. Yeah. Out of the, those Platinum Dunes remakes they were churning out. I, I didn't even see Michael Bay's take on, on Texas Chainsaw. Fair, yeah. I mean, I, we don't really need to see Michael Bay's take on pretty much anything. No. Well, except except I've always maintained this. A few years from now, I want to see Michael Bay do a movie about the pandemic. Oh, God, no. God, no. Somehow it would be filled with explosions and beer cans. <laughs> the, virus just, the virus just explodes. And, like, there would be, like, 19-year-old 
chicks in slutty outfits dancing around with COVIDs, and like Mark, Mike, Mark Wahlberg, will be, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg will be there. He'll be drinking Bud Light. Uh, Optimus Prime will be killing human beings. You know, somehow John Cena's in there, but but you can't see him. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this right now, Ryan or not, but John Cena's standing right behind you. Oh fuck. <laughs> John Cena, what are you doing here? Who are you going to call, Maxwell? The Cena Busters. <laughs> Is he a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much, you, you can't see him. I'm about wrapped up. What about you guys? I'm good. I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that we discovered why people can't see John Cena. He's a ghost, and we have to call the Ghostbusters <laughs> to deal with them. We cracked it. Where was that information 20 years ago? <laughs> exactly. And now he's become now he's either a meme or he's earnest. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Peace. Peacemaker was cool. It's true. And his I, comedy movies are really good. He's a funny dude. He he this is completely off the way, but he he knows the kind of roles he should take, so yeah. kudos yeah. to him. But that has nothing to do with the Ghostbusters, except for the fact that he, apparently he's a ghost. But yeah, that's I guess that's our wrap-up above Ghostbusters Afterlife, as well as, you know, touching on the Ghostbusters, the entire history of the Ghostbusters. Uh, thank you for our special guest, Corey. Well, thank you for having me on. One of our Ghostbusters experts. Um, Greg, I now turn it over to you for our usual end-of-show promos. All right, guys, you know the drill. Please leave us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're listening to. Legitimately helps us out. Free for you. Helps us out a ton more than you know. If you want to follow us on anything, we are on Instagram. We have a Facebook group. We are on Twitter, at GeekPositive, at GeekPositive37. Whatever. Search us. You will find us. If you want more of me, I'm on Throbbing with Horror on Fridays, and we will be back next Monday, hopefully, with a new episode. Thank you, Corey, again, and that's all I got. All right. Thank you, fellas. All right, and uh, I'm Ryan Maxwell. I'm Greg Ames. I'm Corey. Later.